the reader go through and, and take an inventory of what God has put in our hand that we can oftentimes overlook and see as being underwhelming and actually discover that these things are very impactful if we use them through God's power. On the Charisma Podcast Network, I'm Missy Montgomery, and today I'm joined over the phone with Dan Sanford, who is the author of Losing the Cape. How are you doing today, Dan? I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me on the show. Of course. Well, we're very excited to talk about your new book that focuses on the power of ordinary in a world of superheroes, which is very relevant. Of course, there's also been some new Marvel movies out in the world. So uh, tell us a little bit about what inspired you to write this book. Well, first of all, I have three boys, mm-hmm. uh, ranging from uh, teenager to toddler. Uh, so their love of all things Marvel and I DC bet. has uh, cost me a small fortune. Um, <laughs> so, and uh, but what was interesting to me is that you know uh, one of my sons he jumped off of our garage recently. Oh no. And, uh, and I asked him, I was like, oh, why did you do that? Because uh, he hurt his ankle. And, and he said, well, I want to be like my hero. And, of course, you know, being his dad, I assume he means me. Of course. And, um, and of course. And, uh, but he's like, no, it's uh, Batman. Oh, And I'm like, well, you, you realize that Batman's, one, fictional, and two, he's a billionaire, so he can afford the medical bills. <laughs> uh, Dad's a pastor, so he's a hundred heir, so let's not jump off the garage. Oh, that's so great. And so, you know, I share that story because I think it illustrates something that a lot of us struggle with, and it's it's the desire to to be more, mm-hmm. um, to be secure, to be significant. Um, and in fact, you know, when I was a kid, I would tie the sheet around my neck and pretend to be right. the superhero, and and eventually I had to stop because my wife said it wasn't that cute. <laughs> um, she gives good <laughs> advice. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and so to answer your question directly um, is that my whole desire in writing this was that, one, there's this huge obsession with Mm -hmm. superheroes right now. I mean, some of our top paid actors, movies, TV shows. uh, But at the same time, we see that we are struggling politically, racially, economically. Mm -hmm. And I think subconsciously people want to know who's going to save the day. Right. And I want to talk a little bit about why you think people are so drawn to this phenomenon because I know for myself I like watching the movies I watch these shows and I do myself even after watching it I was like gosh wouldn't it be great to live their life like rather than my life that it's like scheduled and you know by the book and to kind of have this different lifestyle so why do you think that we're so attracted to it it would definitely be nice to have our, our life scripted in the sense that they do in the movie so that you know that maybe you get beat up by the bad guy, but by the end of it, you end up winning. Right. Um, and uh, I, I think a lot of that drive um, can be illustrated by the fact that the first superhero comic came out in 1938, uh, which was Superman. Uh, mm-hmm. He looks pretty good for being 80 years old. And... Um, 
if you think about the context at that time, we were just uh, in the Great Depression. We just finished at World War One, and we were going into World War Two. And there was something attractive about this godlike being who could have bullets bounce off his chest and take out Nazis with one punch. And I think that you know, if we look at our, our current situation, uh, I, I think at the same time we too wish that we could do something about some of these Mount Everest-sized challenges that we're right. facing. And uh, and oftentimes we feel powerless uh, to do that, but I think we have to remind ourselves that God didn't send Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. He sent ordinary people like you and me to be the difference makers. And how do you think that being ordinary is a great starting place to do God's work? Because maybe a lot of us think that, well, maybe I'm not called to do anything. Again, I'm just ordinary. I'm just me. So what do you think is the starting point for people that think that in order to, you know, create greatness? Sure. Uh, I think ordinary has gotten a bad rap. Um, I think Agreed. that because we're in a, a culture of comparison, mm-hmm. uh, like, for example, if I went to my kids and I said, you are the, the most ordinary kids I could possibly have, they'd be offended. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if I said, hey, let's let's go watch a movie called Ordinary Boy, the most uh, underwhelming uh, kid with superpowers, mm-hmm. like, that doesn't sound very interesting. Um, what changed my perspective on the word ordinary is I was reading through the book of Acts, and it's first 30 years of church history, and I came across Acts chapter 4, verse 13, where it says of the disciples, the first followers of Jesus, that they were ordinary men, but they had been with Jesus. And that just really grabbed my attention, because in the eyes of the religious leaders, they looked at these fishermen, they looked at this tax collector, they looked at these ordinary people, and they said, you know, how is it that you guys are able to have so much influence and impact and, and make a, a difference? And they recognized that they had been with Jesus, and I think that we need to come back to realizing that God is looking for the ordinary to do the extraordinary, and that's been his pattern throughout history and throughout Scripture. So in your book, Losing the Cape, um, talk a little bit about how it's going to be able to help people make practical changes to embrace being ordinary, whether it's in their life, whether it's in the church. How is this book really going to help readers embrace who they are? Uh, I go through a lot of uh, practical steps on uh, what we can do uh, to make a tangible difference in the world. In fact, I think one of my favorite stories uh, biblically is God comes to a man named Moses, and he asks him a pretty benign question, what's in your hand? And uh, Moses says, it's a stick. <laughs> it doesn't sound very exciting. And uh, But when he takes that stick and he puts it into God's hands, all of a sudden the impossible becomes inevitable. You know, he holds it over the Red Sea and the waters part. He strikes a rock and water comes out of it. We see a lot of miraculous things taking place with that stick. And I think God wants to ask all of us the same question, what's in your hand? And oftentimes we look down and we're like, God, I don't really have much to offer. All it is is just a stick. All we see is just kind of the ordinary. Uh, and God's like, if you will trust me with what I put in your hand and put it into my hand, right. we can do some pretty extraordinary things together. And so I help the reader go through and, and take an inventory of what God has put in our hand that we can oftentimes overlook and see as being underwhelming and actually discover that these things are very impactful if we use them through God's power. I totally agree with that. And, you know, we've been talking about ordinary, but let's talk a little bit about the heroism. You know, I think that's why we all kind of like 
are drawn to these superhero things is because, again, they come in, they save the day, they're the hero. So how can people be heroes in everyday life? Um, I'll use my wife as an example. Mm -hmm. My wife has uh, retinitis pigmentosa with Usher syndrome, uh, which is a hard phrase to say, harder phrase to live with. Uh, It means that she is progressively losing both her eyesight and her hearing. Um, And yet, to me, she puts the her in hero. Um, I watch her every day have an excuse to sit back and just be served, and yet she intentionally serves, and she models for my kids what it means to have faith in spite of question marks, in spite of tears, in spite of injustice, and really modeling for the family uh, what it means to to. Um, I, I think that oftentimes we feel like the, the hero gets to operate from a place of happiness and wholeness. Right. Uh, but in reality, whether you look at comic book characters or you look biblically, uh, most of the the top-notch heroes are the ones that learn to operate from a place of struggle. Of course. And they get to, um, you know, and so uh, I get to see that, that with her. And, and also I think that that's what God's calling us to do is to be wounded healers. Uh, mm-hmm. to be the people that he uh, he works through in spite of our setbacks, in spite of our challenges. That is so sweet that you're just going to, like, talk about your wife. I just I just really love that, and she does sound like a superhero. So thank you for sharing that. Um, Absolutely. And just, again, back to the book, Losing the Cape. Let's talk a little bit about what's one thing that you want readers to take away from this book? Because I feel like it's filled with you know, so many great comparisons and lessons, but if there's one thing you really want readers to grasp, what would it be? Um, Man, there's so many different things I I could (laughs) point to. I think the number one for me is that multitasking is not a superpower. Hmm. Being fully present is. And I think that in our hurry-sick culture, if we could just learn to slow down and to stop trying to accomplish so much and just focus on what God has placed in front of us in the moment. Uh, That person, um, you know, like I said at the beginning, that, you know, I've got three kids, Mm -hmm. and it's so easy to be in the living room, all of us on different tablets, different devices. Um, we're, 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 you know, present but not present. And, um, and and I think that as a culture, we are missing out on so much of so what true. God has for us because of our pace. And if we could just slow down and, and take notice, I think it would make a huge difference. I totally agree with that. And I see that firsthand when I'm trying to interact with other people and, you know, trying to take it day by day. So thank you for sharing that. And uh, for our listeners that obviously want to know more and read the book, because I'm sure they are very interested in getting their hands on this, where can they pick up your book? Well, it's not in yard sales yet, okay. but they can find it on, on well, Amazon. Well, let me say, where can they order your book when it is available? <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's on Amazon um, and also uh, any of the major retailers. Perfect. I'm so glad they were able to uh, get that information after my uh, mishap ever. <laughs> <laughs> what about what about your uh, website? Do you have any like any way that can connect with you on social? Yeah, uh, danstanford.net. Well, Dan, thank you for uh, joining us today on our show and sharing uh, a little bit about your book, Losing the Cape. And uh, if you would, could you please uh, pray us out? Yeah, absolutely. Father, I thank you that you didn't call Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, 
you called ordinary people like us, and you are asking us to lose the cape, um, to stop trying to be someone or something that we're not, to stop focusing on the powers we don't have and embrace the powers we do have, and to lean into you so that we can make an eternal difference in this world. And God, I pray that as we rest our heads on our pillows at night, we do so with satisfaction, knowing that we locked arms with you and that we were able to do the ordinary and trust you to then do the extraordinary. In your name, amen. Amen. You've been listening to Charisma Connection. I'm Missy Montgomery, and thank you and have a blessed day. Fundraising is something almost every church, school, team, and club does, but for busy groups and leaders, it can be hard making time to sell. Rada Cutlery's internet fundraiser is so simple, it hardly feels like fundraising. With sign-up only taking five minutes, this program makes earning 40% fundraising profit as easy as posting on social media. Just head to radacutlery.com lp internet fundraising. Pick a fundraiser that works for you. Partner with a company that has 70 years of helping fundraising groups sell factory direct, 100% made in the USA kitchen products. Rada Cutlery. Again, head to radacutlery.com. That's R-A-D-A cutlery.com slash L-P slash internet dash fundraising. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.